Hi guys, and welcome to the Meandering Movie Podcast. Uh, in this week's episode, we are going to talk about 2018 in film, basically. Um, covering three broad topics, broad strokes. Uh, films that we liked in 2018, films that we didn't like in 2018, and what we're looking forward to in 2019. As always, I'm Gary Copeland. And I'm I Gavin Stewart. Hey, I jumped in over you. You got I in. Over you. Oh my god, Gavin is over there. Um, and yeah, I think let's... Yeah, let's fire in. This might be a slightly longer episode than yeah. normal. A wee bit, but... a bit longer. Because there's a whole bunch of films in 2018, both good and bad. I'm excited to talk about. And then when it comes to 2019, I was struggling to find films. But I think it's just because I'm, you know, it's a bit tired, you know. <laughs> it's, it is... 5 30 well, you know i woke up early i was doing a, i was working on a whole bunch of podcast stuff you know it's very taxing, very taxing. um <laughs> so what was yours what was your uh what was your, in fact let's start with what was your best film well, well that's easy it's a little film called a prayer before dawn what is that i've never even heard of that, never, never heard of that. and as always the divide between gavin and i is starkly shown <laughs> it's just, it's as gavin's from... best film of the year is this high highbrow arty oh, movie it's not well, no it's not art, and mine right? was spider-man so you know well, why would you spoil it for the listeners they were sitting with <laughs> bated, bated breath waiting to hear uh i mean yes yeah, so i mean I a could, prayer before dawn a prayer before dawn is uh it's a kind of really intense um it's about this guy who's in, I believe, Indonesia, mm. uh, and he is... Indonesia. Indonesia. Indonesia, sorry. Indonesia. <laughs> in the Nisia. You do Pilates, darling. What's a Nisia? So he's in Indonesia. Oh, no, sorry, Thailand. It's Thailand. He's in Thailand. Thailand, because uh, he gets involved with Thai boxing. He's kind of... This, um, it's Joe Cole, who, if you've ever watched Peaky Blinders or Green Room... In fact, no, Black Mirror is probably the best place. The episode where you get into a relationship with someone, but you have a, like a countdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I'm, I know him from a Sky Arts thing where he had a little smile on the whole like 20-minute show and then him and a girl murder someone. But, yeah, he's weird. he's the lead in that. And if you've ever seen him in something... He's terrifying. Yeah, if you've seen him in like, some like <laughs> Green Room or Peaky Blinders, he's in a physically and yeah. emotionally fully intensive actor yeah and this entire film just involves around him and he gets wrapped up in like uh, uh drugs and stuff like that and then gets sent to a thai prison and that's and bad news oh all my around. i think filmed it in an actual thai prison and it's the most terrifying place because like yeah you can watch a horror film and there can be a monster in the corner and it but you come you away from it and it gives you a fright and your brain might be playing tricks yeah but you know the but monster's like, not real this is reality for yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people and he goes here and it's it's a film that doesn't hold back. It's like all the terrible things you would think happen in a prison, they happen, and it shows well, you. Well, they happen, and as far as as far as my reading goes from Thai prisons, they're ten times worse than Thai prison. Like they're they're, they're kind of lawless. Their safety almost. standards are not yeah. non-existent. Yeah, and they're, it, their laws it's are like. I mean, in a situation like he's put into uh, a prison, uh, I guess we a prison cell, but it's just a big room with like thirty guys, and they're all supposed to just be in this room and exist yeah and like when he first goes in there they're all like he's the only white guy in there everyone else is Taiwanese and they're all like like kind of slapping them about and laughing at them all that. and you're thinking like this isn't gonna go good yeah and of course his reaction to that is to just go full violence and it gets to the point where he starts like getting paid by people to attack other people and there's this scene where he goes into a room to a guy and just kind of unleashes and it, then he can't stop and he just like 
brutalizes this guy and like camera doesn't go anywhere it stays there you're with it and you're just, just one long shot tracking shot it's just, like just kind of like it just goes in and the camera just goes settling and it's and joe cole oh my god does he just give everything to that yeah. performance it's an insane performance but it's also a film like it's violent and it's unsettling and it it's, it's, it can be uncomfortable but it's something that's like you can't it's like a car crash you can't look away from it it's just like yeah. you just you are there and you're i was just hooked by this film and what was the was there was there like a, a deeper meaning by the end you come out of it and you're like, i mean wow the, the crazy thing is, is it's based upon a guy's actual story yeah. so this guy like got out and then he tried he went about and kind of used his skills as a fighter to kind of make a charity to help kids in kind of worse situations and kind of help them out and that kind of stuff and it's like to imagine going into that not knowing it's a true story and then coming out of it and learning a guy who lived through that i'm just like i miss it all the more like it's like when you if you've ever seen the movie uh city of god mm-hmm. when like you watch that entire film it's this it's this kind of absolute madness that you can't believe is happening and then it ends with this was a true story and it's like oh my god this was but i got two things on this yeah first thing funny side story i read memoirs of a geisha mm-hmm. and i which is obviously a work of fiction but i took it at complete face value because it was called memoirs of a geisha so i was like all right sweet so somebody's got the actual memoirs of an actual geisha and translated them which is complete nonsense because if you read that book that woman is the luckiest like she has the most <laughs> full, like you know what i mean it's like it's a completely schmaltzy love story yeah. and the whole book i was like Oh wow, good on you. Like, like, I'm so happy for this. You're a good girl. Yeah, I was I'm so happy for this actual person who lived in in history. And then at the end of it when it was like this was written by a bloke. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this was written by Greg. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, what the f I felt like such a cock. I honestly <laughs> felt like such an idiot because I'd I'd nobody even told me it was a real like true story. I just thought it was for some reason. I think there's like there's something about when you watch a film, you're just like, This is this is a lot, and then it ends with being like, yeah. this was actually, someone lived through this, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It does. No, absolutely. And but that, then, second point on that, and this is not to detract from your film of the year, Yeah, films that say these are a true story, like... <sighs> I mean, yeah, that's a whole topic we you can dive I mean? into. Like, because the moment you call a film fiction, and you just slap, this is based, this is based on a true story at the beginning of the film, it's alright, because you're, you're, you're making a fiction film. So anything that happens after, well, the moment the film starts running... You just say whatever you want, like anything you want. Yeah, I mean, there's that film that's coming out. Uh, so, is it a true story? It's, yeah, it's a true story. The guy wrote like an autobiography and everything. Right, okay, cool. I think he actually the actual per- the actual guy shows up at the end of the film because it kind of like oh, looks nice. forward and then he's standing there and then it gives like blurbs of like it's such and such to this blah blah blah. But yeah, a prayer before dawn. It was a film that just like captured shook you. Yeah, it shook me, and then I left the cinema. I was walking back to the car. I messaged. I was messaging a audio boy over there, just being like, "You need to get to the cinema. You need to see this film. Yeah. It is so much, but it's so worth it." And I was did just, audio boy go? No. He did not. He he'll, did not go. He'll, <laughs> he'll fucking run to the cinema to see fucking Holmes and Watson, but he won't go see a prayer before dawn. Did you see Holmes and Watson? Holmes and Watson. Oh, did you yeah. see Holmes and Watson? Oh God, no. Whoa! What, what, how was that? Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. Yeah, <laughs> that's for everyone who can't see. Thumbs all the way down, like and a massive exhale of air. As I was expecting, that film looked like horse shit. What, what I realized is what uh, Audio Boy and I were talking at one point, which is I haven't gone to see a Will Ferrell movie in a 
maybe yeah. Anchorman Two was the last time I saw a Will Ferrell movie, and like even that was just meh. Yeah, it was just. It's like if you if you got to tread on so many of your, so many of everyone's beloved jokes from the first film. Yeah. Again, for a second film, then you'll you'll just that's just lazy. I think that's so uh, lazy. Robbie Collins, who was filling in for Mark Mode on uh, BBC uh, Radio Five, like the Commode and Mail, can't remember what it's called. Uh, he said it best when it's like, it's if someone had watched Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes and then just tried to make a comedy yeah. with the same jokes. <laughs> and it's like, thanks. But yeah, so there you go. What was Good your favourite film of 2018, film. Gary? And before we do, what out of 10, out of 10, was it a perfect film? 10 out of 10? Uh, uh, yeah. 10 out of 10? I mean, I don't really do the whole like rating thing. That I just, I find Why? Too many? 5 out of 5? No, I just don't want to do the whole like rating stars instead. No, how many stars? Stop forcing the no means no, Gary. Stop <laughs> forcing this on me. All right, it's a damn great film. And if you get the chance, go into Amazon Prime or something like that and rent it, or go to your local blockbuster, rent it, go to Pizza Hut, <laughs> get a pizza, just watch the movie, people. My film, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, yes, is a 10 out of 10 movie. It's phenomenal. Is it go buy a Pizza Hut worthy? Yeah, it's go buy four Pizza Hut worthies. Ooh. If you, so, and yeah, like, we probably should have done this at the beginning of your film. Spoiler warning, probably for this entire episode. Any film we're going to talk about. I didn't spoil it. You maybe didn't, so you were good. I'm probably going to spoil it. We are, yeah, we should just talk. You, just do it now. Audio Boy's seen it, so he's not going to worry cool. about spoilers. People out there. People out there listening, spoilers for pretty much everything we want to talk about. So do you want to give Spider-Man a, a wee plot synopsis of Spider-Man? Into the Spider-Verse is the story of Miles Morales, who is a, another Spider-Man from another universe uh, who gets bitten by a different spider, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's a whole Doesn't comic have an books. Uncle Ben. Doesn't have an Uncle Ben, but he but does have maybe a whole, eats Uncle whole host of comics um, about Miles Morales in the Spider-Man universe. And in this film, uh, these universes all implode and various spider people from various spider universes all come together to fight off one version of Kingpin who's threatening... Undead. A female version of Doc Ock. Yeah. Which was cool. Which is very cool. Um and it's brilliant. It's 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 it, I honestly think yeah. possibly the best superhero film I have ever seen. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I came out of that film and I was like, that's not only one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen, that's one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. I honestly think it might be one of the best films I think I've ever seen. I loved it. It's I like and everything about it was just like like it looks phenomenal. Yeah. It does the, the the comic book stuff really well yeah. so it's all action-packed you can and the really, actions you can really good. tell the people that were writing this and creating this and with the visual effect but they knew and understood comics they loved comics and they were excited to just celebrate comics totally. in this, this film and then on top of all of that they did the heart touching family like like story element yeah perfectly yeah the thing but like stuff with him and his dad was really good some of them was great some of his stuff with him and his uncle was phenomenal yeah and it didn't just do the Villains are bad, goodies are good. Like, yeah. like here you go, black and white. It was shades of grey. That whole that was film was shades of grey. Really, because Wilson Fisk doesn't have like a massive part to play, but they they gave him some like an emotional touchstone. Yeah. To that they gave him a motivation. You're just like, I understand. Well, and then, why and then doing they, what they, they, they 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 you know they did the Thanos thing. They made him a villain that you can kind of be like, oh shit, I can understand I just, why I you're doing this. That. You you know you're a bad guy and you you're threatening way too much. But yeah. god damn, like. And it was hard hitting. It was yeah. just great, and yeah, like and stylistically, stylistically looked phenomenal. Yeah, and when it comes to award season and the animation category, 
that film should always be the one that wins. Got to win. I think because, it might. I genuinely think it's going to. I genuinely think it's going to win well, best animated film. Audio Boy was and smash Disney's streak of. Audio Boy was saying years. that Into the Spider Verse cat is disqualified from the Oscars for. Short, I can't remember what, what the reason is. I can do a wee quick go, but I think like. It's like on Sony's side, like they forgot to do something to get that submitted oh, for so consideration. Get snubbed due to bureaucracy. And then, of course, it's going to be fucking <sighs> Incredibles 2. I mean, Incredibles 2 is a great film, but it's not. It's no Spider Man. Spider Man was like a breath of fresh air. Incredibles 2 was really good. Yeah, but... I enjoyed it. It was a good, fun, fun film. It did. I didn't. I don't know. I wouldn't Scene say with the raccoon like... fucking had me peeing myself for <laughs> laughter. I wouldn't say it's, it was one of Pixar's heights, though. It's not like a peak. It was good. It wasn't peak yeah. Pixar, though. I mean, when it comes to Pixar's sequels... It was Coco this year. It was Coco last year. I think Coco was last year. Crap. Was it this year? Was it this year as well? So we had... Fucking hell. I didn't even Coco. see Coco. I like, Pixar's doubling up. Coco was good. Yeah. I cried my tits off. I mean... As was expected. I'm just not a Pixar guy. But you liked Incredibles. Because I loved the first one and I loved Brad Bird. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to go see it. But at this point, I'm just like... The way I look at Pixar is they are emotional blackmailers. Well, just like, no, but they've just done it right. They just yeah. know now. They've yeah, cracked but, the secrets of human emotion, and now they're running. They're running the Pixar engine off yeah, of but, that. Yeah, but at this point, it's like an assembly line of just like, but is into the Spider Verse feels so just creatively yeah, unique in yeah, every yeah. single way, and I'm just like, this is what I want from an anime because I'm I don't really watch a lot of animated films anymore because I just feel a lot of them. Don't and you're have. missing out. I'm a, I, I watch a lot of animated films because I have the brain of a child and I <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, Spider-Man, my film of the year, 10 out of 10, five stars, got everything you need. And yeah, I'm with you. If you, if you, However you can go and see that film, if you can right now, which I don't think you can because yeah, it think came it's out still, so recently. I, I think it's still in the cinema. If it's still in the cinema, go cinema and see it, definitely. And if you, moment, if you're listening to this in the future, download it right now. Pay the money, give them your your hard-earned cash because that film is worth it and I want to see how everyone needs to give them money so they can make another one. And it's nice. It's kind of set up for a sequel as well, as was expected. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that's the really sad thing is that box office-wise and the Spider-Verse didn't do great. Did it not? No. Because it came out around the same time as Aquaman and Aquaman ate its lunch. It ate its fish filet from McDonald's sandwich. Aquaman. That fucking film. Aquaman. When we, we're coming up to worst films we saw in 2018 in a wee bit. Yeah. Won't be surprised if that shows up on the list. <laughs> holy fuck. But woo, woo, before we do that, uh, let's talk about other films that, was that were Gary's really laptop good. Just playing something. <laughs> let's talk about other films that were really, really good this year. Yes. Um, Would your laptop shut the fuck up? It's just trying to say hello. Um, so yeah, other films that we I thought were really good, and I've, um, I've, I've kind of what I've tried to do with these. And unfortunately, I think it's kind of these are films we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, Annihilation was yeah. was was way up there for me. That was, um, and we don't need to dwell too much on that. If this is the first episode you listen to, that actually quick plot summary: uh, Annihilation is female-led horror movie, horror sci-fi, sci-fi horror. Actually, it's more sci-fi than I'd say kind horror. Of sci- kind of David Cronenberg like body horror sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, it's got a few jumps, but yeah. it's it's not. I mean, the stuff with the bear and the house is just yeah, the yeah, most yeah. unsettling thing. So. But yeah, female-led sci-fi slash horror. So it's sci-fi first, horror second. Um, about um, the Glimmer, I think it's called, if I remember correctly, which is spreading over America, and they realize that in the Glimmer doesn't get fixed. It's going to swallow the world, and yeah. then they have to send in these scientists. And the scientists are all metaphors because they're all looking for 
personal you know they're all escaping for personal reasons and then they find that in the glimmer and it's just phenomenally good like phenomenally phenomenally good and we talked about it before looks so good as well looks so good and we talked about it before because it kind of got snubbed in the UK cinema it It got it got completely dumped on Netflix yeah dumped which was a shame because it it really deserved because compared to the shit that gets dumped on Netflix that one was not deserving of it Bird Box I've not even seen it can you just (sighs) fucking Mowgli The Legend of the Jungle (laughs) Wow, is that a bad fucking film? And let's hold it. Let's hold it. The dam is standing for <laughs> for for the next segment of this podcast because we're just like we didn't like. We just want to talk about the shit films. It's such a shame. It's such, and we have definitely talked about this before. It's such a shame that for every one good film that you can be like recommend that to every friend and family, there like are Spider-Man. three awful yeah. movies that, that that creep out, and then these awful films seem to be getting way more. Like way, way more. Like, like, uh, what's the grout? Like, like throwing punt weight, attention? whatever. Them. Attention. There you go. Yeah, they're getting so much more attention, and and because they're getting so much more attention, they look like they're doing better on paper. And then yeah, because let's look at two perfect examples. Venom made a fuck ton of money. That is a terrible film. No one should have saw. And Aquaman has made so much money, and no one should be sitting through that film because yeah. it's fucking awful. Why is Aquaman doing so well? I don't. I don't. Because. People are. Everyone knows that DC because people are have just wiped the fact that the DC universe is a garbage set of films from their mind and thought, oh come on, I like this. It's bone. like your um, prayer before dawn. It, like DC is a car crash that's spanning years now that, that but it, you have to But it's keep a watching. car crash full of babies' bodies. You never want to look at that. <laughs> Whereas if it's a car crash for like. I don't know where this metaphor is going to go. Actually, <laughs> this is a weird, this is a weird ana- analogy. This like, is... a, like a everyone tunes into NASCAR for the crashes. That's... Not, not everyone. Rednecks don't. They just love it. If we've got any redneck listeners out there, I don't think. Hello. I think, I think we've already <laughs> fucked them off by referring to them as rednecks twice. I think that's the bit they don't like. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Get me back on topic, Gary. <laughs> All right. Um... Black K Klansman, which I may or may not be pronouncing. Black Klansman. Black K Klansman, though. Okay. Because if if you look at all the promotional material, you look at everything, it's Black K Klansman. There's a K in the middle. And I don't I don't if there's three K's. This is like me with a desolation I smooger. I'm just you've just <laughs> doubled down and saying something weird for no reason. No, because it's alright, but how would you say that name of that film normally? Black Klansman. But there's an extra K in there. I don't give a fuck if there's you're, a, you're either saying, three extra Ks. You're either saying Black Space Klansman or Black K Klansman. But if you want to just run it into one word, you could say Black Klansman. But that sounds even worse. What I could say is Black Klansman is okay. I liked it. I, I thought it. it was really good. I think that's definitely up on my list of I mean, it's got Adam Driver. films that were I really good. I love Adam good. Driver. Adam Driver's I'm just, cracking. I'm not a big Spike Lee fan. Really? I like Spike Fleet. It, it wasn't as funny as I was hoping for. I, I, like, and I think that's like my one but then it's on, on such a horrible hard, like hard hitting topic yeah and sorry it's and a again, difficult for everyone, film to talk about and criticise do you want to do, do the summary for this one oh the, the summary for this one is a black police officer uh, kind of works his way into a better job within the police to the point where he's on the phone with David oh god I'm... David Duke David Duke it's something he, weird. Like the head of the KKK and he convinces him that he's a white man wanting to join the KKK and he employs, well, he enlists Adam, Adam Driver, Driver to play him uh, when meeting with the KKK people. And Adam Driver's a Jewish yes, a Jewish man as well. And so it, he's kind of got his own. They escalate to the point where 
they actually end up meeting David Duke, the head of the KKK. It's based upon based upon a true story. Based on a true story. If you believe the, uh, if you <laughs> that one is as well. But it's it's a good film. Uh, it is a good film, and then it, and then it really hits home. It really hits home the message. I, I just, we, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked you about said it, it earlier. Was cheap. I I don't. No, it's not cheap. I think it's just an easy out because maybe Spike Lee was like, "Oh, my message doesn't come across in this film." So. Pardon me. I'm just gonna like yeah. put this in here and put a blurb up to be Which like America I, needs to. Fix I seminally it. agree with. I kind of agree with. But on the flip side of that, it's it would have been very easy to watch that. Especially right. And this is you know talking from white Caucasian man with mustache, white Caucasian males living in Vegan. in in the first world. It's very very easy for us to be like yeah you know what the message you know I I could have watched the film being like. I know racism happens, but I could have come out that, and I, if I was more close-minded, could have very easily been like, "But you know, that was in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, that's that's not happening today." So that for me, that footage is, and it's kind of like I knew about those riots, but I hadn't seen that footage myself. So when I saw that footage at the end of the film, I was kind of like, "Holy shit!" Like yeah, it's it certainly a makes stark reminder, and it makes yeah. its message abundantly clear. Yeah, I was just kind of like, "You could have maybe gone about this through your film and not through." The way you did, but that's Spike mm. Lee. Spike Lee's—he's a fucking mixed bag of a director. <laughs> so it's like, um, what was it? I was recently watching. Oh yeah, when he did the the American remake of Old Boy. Yeah. And I was just watching interviews of him talking about Old Boy, and I'm like, "You did this for the paycheck. You didn't <laughs> give two whole fucks about this." So what did this you think of the of the Old Boy remake? I never finished it. Did you not? I you just, just hated it that much. I, no, it's not. Like I hate. I just like this is pointless it's I'll, weird i'll just go watch the original old so one. i i have a, i got a friend of mine and he he and his brother hated it completely hated the film in its entirety and i've always kind of stood by if the original and you're right if the original didn't exist i think that film would stand in its own right wouldn't be great no I, and it wouldn't it wouldn't it would, touch the heights of the it original would come whatsoever. and go but i think it would stand but yeah considering it is a, a localization a reboot of sorts, I guess. It's reimagining. Just reimagining. It's just yeah. bizarre. It's just like, what is that? What's the point of this? It's like the. It's like Beauty and the Beast, the Disney's latest. Don't even watch it. Like, why? Why is that? Like, so why? You know, big, big Beauty and the Beast fan. Hashtag go Disney. Hashtag sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> but um, I'm like big, big fan, big Disney fan, and I've kind of been keeping up with these live action re reboots, remakes, yeah. reimaginings, whatever. I can't think. These are remakes. I think. I know. I'm just trying to think if I've seen any of them. Started with Maleficent, and that Didn't was fine. Maleficent. So Maleficent was fine though because it, it did its. It was like that, here's yeah. we're doing we're doing Sleeping Beauty, but we're actually focusing on the bad guy. And yeah, here's no, a whole that's brand a new cool story. idea. Like brand new story. Take the film, go a different direction, yeah. focus on a different aspect. So I can appreciate that. Cinderella came out, and it tried to do it, but was boring as hell and shit. I just never saw Cinderella. It's awful. Really bad film. Then I can't remember if anything came out between Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast, but if it did, I missed it. Because Cinderella was so bad, Beauty and the Beast came out, and it's um it's bizarre. It's like it's trying it tries putting in new scenes, which are fine and new songs, and but yeah, it's and it's everyone almost, hated the new songs. Are yeah, it's almost a carbon copy which, of the original film, and it's like, what is the point of this if it's a carbon copy? So I th I think what they're doing is they're trying to feel out like what do people want? Do they want the originals made live action? Yeah. Do they want b-side stories i guess you know what i mean like reimaginings of them do they want this do they want that and now we've got lion king and aladdin coming out in 2019 and then a couple of years ago we had john favreau's jungle book jungle book which jungle book was good though. i enjoyed that's the one i saw i enjoyed it 
That's like four. That might be the one I was. I can. Cinderella to Beauty and the Beast. So I did see Jungle Book. Audio Boy is passing you a list Thank at this you. point in time. So yeah, so Maleficent, Cinderella, Jungle Book, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Didn't see that. Beauty and the Beast, and then Christopher Robin more recently. So yeah, so, Disney's so had I've, a. I've only seen the Jungle Book, and it's mainly because it was John Favreau that's directing. So yeah, it's funny. Me saying I forgot about it. Jungle Book of all of them was one of my. Yeah, it's, it's up there. Jungle so, was good. I enjoyed the film, yeah, and it made a fuck ton of money, and so you know. You ain't saying fuck ton on this, this this episode. Fuck ton. I've um, always got like a just a swear word that I focus in on in a different episode. So <laughs> today it's fuck ton. Have you got a what? You got one more film? One more. I mean, film I've got of... as. Uh, no one will know because I've never mentioned this before in the podcast, but I'm now going to mention it. I don't know why I've gone down this weird road. Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> why didn't you just say you've got a whatever? Uh, leave me alone. Uh, on my blog, ramblingsofascotsman.com, every year I do a rundown of the films that stood out to me of that year. And I did that this year for 2018. Mm-hmm. And there were 11 films in this list. This year. I think last year I had like 21. I had to cut that list down significantly. And of course, Prayer for Dawn is my most favourite film. Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse made it onto that list as well. Some of the others were Hostiles, Christian Bale, a lead kind of anti-Western type film. That's an experience, that film. And yeah. it touches upon like the morality of the war and the whole cowboys versus Indians kind of thing. That's a great film. There was a You Were Never Really Here, Joaquin Phoenix, Lynn Ramsey. That's a film you just need to like Know nothing about. Sit down and just let it just watch it. Just let it happen all Absolutely. over. You. There was annihilation was on the list. Then there was ghost stories, which was oh the British Andy Nyman, yeah, which I think was the best horror film. Sorry, to come that out. is phenomenal. Yeah, it's the best horror film of last year. It was and really no one, good, actually. And of course, because it was a British film, didn't really get a lot of attention. Yeah. So I wanted like, hey, people, it's it it again. So funny one this. I thought ghost stories. I really watched it. I had to go to cinema by myself to see because nobody wanted to come with me. I was me. the same, yeah, and. I loved it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. But I kind of felt like it it cheapened itself with the ending. Yeah, I would say the the final scene, I'm just like, you didn't need to do this. It then, it kind of went to like an episode of Black Mirror. It did become Black Mirror-esque. Yeah. Like, didn't need to do this because everything else in the lead up, like I, if it just kind of went more if obscure got, and didn't answer the question. Like, I think if it got more it left like, it more open-ended. Oh, he's going crazy he's he's actually just lost his fucking biscuits a while ago and the, the film gets more and more mental and then it cut or because like finished with with a little more yeah you're, you're right like an open question i would have been like sweet now i'm now i'm kind of scared yeah. but the ending that it gives you i was like oh okay that kind of negates all the fear i felt the entire movie also if you are a person who has ever lost their biscuits please email in uh, and <laughs> If you need support, uh, I know it's. T- I've I've been there myself. I had a packet. Your biscuits is a normal packet thing to say. Digestives one day, and they, just, they were, they were you gone. You can lose your biscuits. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just getting a bit shocked up. Damn, it was get really fucked. Diff- you can really lose diff- your biscuits. That's a that's a saying. <laughs> Losing your biscuits. If you lose your biscuits, you've like gone crackers. No, it's you, all like no crackers are. Audio boys loving this. Well, no, because that's a thing. You can go like any. It's like a like, make your mind up. Are you losing your biscuits or are you losing your crackers? You no, can't have both. both. It is both. You you can lose your, if you lose your crackers. No, you've gone crackers, lost your biscuits. There's something. The, or uh, have you gone biscuits and lost your crackers? Some cookies crumbling one. If your cookies crumble, cookie his, monster. His cookies crumbled a bit. That's sugar like another monster. One. No, you're just saying cereal. I know. No, cookie monster's not a cereal. Did he have? He might have had a cereal. There was that. <gasps> We're gone. Let's just get back to... I'm just saying, you can lose your biscuits. Okay. Lose your biscuits. And again... Gone crackers. And if you're, if his cookies... There's something about cookies. If his cookies if his cookies crumbled, not well. What? Cookie crock cookie. I don't I've said cookies too many times. <laughs> too many times is not a word anymore. Move yeah. on. There are a whole 
bunch of other films on that list. So, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, I just, oh, you made me look like a right dickhead there. That's <laughs> fun. I was having fun. Uh, yeah, there are more films. There's a whole other bunch of films. Join, so, join the debate. <laughs> Lost your biscuits or gone crackers? <laughs> Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, email, Instagram. Let us know. Like, oh, I forgot to do. Oh, that's something we need to talk about after the podcast. I forgot to do. Anyway, yeah, a whole bunch of other films in that list. Go to my blog, check out the rest of the list. Please give it a wee read, give it a wee like, make, leave a comment, let me know what your favourite films were. Brilliant. What about you, any more films from I think I think, to be honest, I think you've, you've mentioned pretty much every one of the ones that I wanted to talk about. So that was that was 2018's high points, and it's yeah. a shorter list than what we and could go into did it make me go biscuits. <laughs> but um, now the, we the get worst, to... the worst of the worst of 2019. Oh, like, so we we got to be careful here, because we could easily talk about every other film. Because let's face facts, if you're not one of the greats, you're then yeah. in the kind of midst. And 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 we've, I think we've spoken about this off mic. You're one to be like, that film was shit. And then I'm the one that kind of reined you in and is like, was it shit? Or was it just not as good as, you know, like as the rest of them? And I think a lot of films fall into that that kind of yeah that sifting pan so there are films like solo a star wars story which isn't shit is just nope, it isn't. it's fine it's fine it's, it's fine a, just an enjoyable kind of summer blockbuster bumblebee which is just out recently wonderfully pleasant little film yeah fine so out. we're going to talk about the stinkers yeah. the the terrible terrible films so gav <laughs> give <laughs> us give us your first uh the first and, and the, the worst what is the absolute worst <laughs> film of 2018 is the predator i want people to know that that film is shamefully bad yeah on levels that i mean there's another film that's shamefully bad on other levels Uh, there's a lot of water in that one Uh, that was a wee hint we'll get to that in a a moment but fucking the predator had so much potential it had shane black writing and directing everyone loves shane black the nice guys was a great film uh What's that one he did with Robert Downey Jr.? A Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's like bang, bang. a really wonderful film. The dialogue's great. He just has this great kind of way of... He usually does very well. Yeah. Usually. I mean, his films box office-wise don't always do great. Like, the nice guys think do great yeah. box office-wise, but everyone loved it. So, so coming into the Predator, like, so we've got Shane Black writing and directing. Cast-wise, we've got a solid cast of people. Like, uh, oh, now that I've said a solid cast and I've forgotten everyone's name who was in that. <laughs> it like, had a lot of, like, familiar... I mean, I as, as my... I know big names and that's about it. It had a lot of familiar faces for me. Like like plenty of people that I was like, oh, I recognize them. Yeah. I recognize him. Oh, I recognize them. I recognize her. Like uh, the villain from Logan. He was in it. Uh, he's got a weird name. Like Boyd Holbrook. That's his name. And then you had uh, Keegan-Michael Key and stuff like that. And Olivia Munn. And uh, Gary Busey's son was there. I was like, sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there was a guy in a predator suit. The practical predator suit. And I thought, this looks fucking badass. When... He initially, like, escapes... There's going to be spoilers for the Predator, but trust me, it doesn't matter because you shouldn't see it. <laughs> when he's initially escaping from the lab and there's, like, there's that great kind of violent kind of... He just eviscerates everyone. And I'm like, yeah. this looks great. That actually looks great. It's competent. Then he starts running outside and then a super Predator shows yeah. up. He very quickly gets his and ass handed to him. And just falls apart because... That predator who just killed all those people in that lab was sent there to protect the earth and save it. But then why did he kill everyone in the lab and run away? Why is he running away from everyone? How is he so useless that a single fucking sniper in the jungle got to take him out? Why is this film so dumb and bad? 
And the why, thing the is, kid, why is autism the fucking superhero power of the earth? Why are we doing that? That's so just, yeah. just small minded. And there's a lot wrong with that movie, like a lot. And I, I seen the, it, I saw the movie twice, and I what? Yeah, no, I know. I, it was a, uh, I don't know why. I can't remember. <laughs> I saw the movie twice, and I remember coming out the first time and being like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Yeah. And then I remember coming out the second time and being like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" But it was slightly more. Like knowing what I knew going into it the second time, I was, if anything, more forgiving because I was like, right, sweet. Now I know it's not an actual Predator film. It's just something that some fucking college kids threw together and somehow got Shane Black to sign off on it, I guess. And it, I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I was definitely more forgiving. But yeah, it's just like, so, and the, the the main antagonist, other than the Super Predator, the um, Sterling K. Brown's character. Yeah. How he dies because he's using the Predator technology and he, he shoots himself in the head. Accidentally looks to the left. Which blows his own head up. But it's so <laughs> dark and you can't see anything that it happens. And you're just like, wait, what happened? We're still in Cape Town. Yeah, like, like, you, it ha- like oh, that whole film is just things happening like, did, that you couldn't really see. Did Predator shoot him in the head? Or like, did some... Did, what what, it's, what it's happened? Like a, it's like, it's, it's a split second. It doesn't, it doesn't happen know, for long so enough. It's so bizarre. Like, that's a film that you can tell got butchered in the editing yeah, process. Man. And probably its script just got torn up. Like, pages were torn out and new pages were thrown out. Like, that film is... An absolute because then, then the, the extra element in all of this is it's like tonally, and I know I talk about tone a lot, but like, what the fuck was that film trying to do? Was it trying to be scary for a little bit, and then it jumped to action, and yeah. then it was trying to be very funny? And then it's like a buddy comedy with them all like yeah. sitting around, all the convicts helping each other out, and like, yeah. and then it was, and then it was trying to be really dramatic at the end where it was like, oh yeah, when they're, oh, all, they're all being like killed off one by one. It's just yeah. like, and then, and then Jacob Tremblay's there as. Boy with autism who will save the world because somehow he can understand. Because obviously, autistic people can just like that understand alien technology and languages. Because autism gets a bad rap in film, though. Autism, yeah. like there was another film last it, year that funny. treated autism that kind of way, and I was just like, yeah, that's not how. Yeah, it's it's shouldn't. it's funny that Hollywood is like, and in in Predator, if anything, touches on it the best, where it's like, yep, yeah, autism is the new superpower that's gonna that Predator is gonna take, and they're gonna take autism, and that's gonna be their like their next step of evolution. Yeah. And it's kind of like that's not really what autism is. That like, but Hollywood has propagated this like, oh, it's yeah. if you are autistic, you can learn to play the piano in a second. You can learn a thousand languages overnight. You what? can get a predator gauntlet and then control a fucking spaceship because <laughs> you understand it. Now. And then the predator's going to kidnap you, throw you in a tube, and try and fly away with you. And then later on, because this film wasn't done. Fucking up everything. It ends with, and here comes the super weapon that's going to save the earth. What is it? It's a Power Ranger suit for a man to wear. What? <laughs> yeah. The- which, 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 which was really weird about that is the Predator, the one that was trying to save the earth, couldn't beat the Super Predator. Yeah. So why would a suit that makes humans have the same powers as a regular Predator be enough to kill a Super Predator? It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Nothing about that film. Oh, makes and the sense. dogs. Remember the dogs? Yeah. Remember the dogs when like. The, the dogs are like these evil space dogs from the Predator planet and they're super badass. And then one of them gets shot in the back of the head and it lobotomizes him and he becomes like a puppy. Yeah. For some fucking reason. Uh, Film's weird. It's just so Next bad film. Bad. Uh, I mean... Put a pin in that one. Next terrible yeah, movie. Please don't watch The Predator. Uh, that's <laughs> how I'm going to end that. So the next one is a little little indie aquatic film it's it's just this tiny little gem that's slipped through and it's called aquaman and it's absolute <laughs> fucking dog shit uh, 
So you've not seen How Aquaman. I haven't seen it yet. So I don't... Do you care if I spoil I some care. segments? Does anyone care? Because you could tell me what's going to happen in the next five DCEU I mean, films and here, I wouldn't be upset the thing about is, like, it. Even if I did spoil it, if you walked into that film with nothing, it's the most predictably <laughs> by the books, big DC dumb film. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this will happen, that character, that thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Aquaman has made a shit ton of money. It's now the highest grossing DCEU film of this new kind of franchise of films. Uh, apparently China loves water because they're all about it. Everyone has seen this film and weirdly, a lot of people seem to like it, which doesn't make sense because nothing about this film is... Well, that's not true. Almost nothing about this film is good. Yeah. Tonally, we like to go back to tone, it's all over the place. Character-wise, it fails on every single level of developing, introducing, evolving, delivering a competent, charismatic character. Yeah. Plot-wise, they didn't even try. They were like, <laughs> fuck the plot, we don't care. They've had a problem with that in most DC films. Yeah. I love the... um. Like Batman v Superman is just incomprehensible. Batman v Superman, where it's like, where we can't let the bad guy... Oh, I can't remember the bad... I can't remember anything about the film, but... the one Lex was, Luthor. Don't, no, no, the... the the demon fella. Oh, got a funny Steppenwolf. Name. Steppenwolf, that's it. Right. Don't let him touch these boxes. If he gets these boxes, it's bad. Sweet. Right. Oh, shit, wait. Where did we leave that box? Ah, oh, we left it over there. And now Steppenwolf's got it. Oh, God damn. damn it. And now he's going to burn this empty Russian field up. Yeah. Apparently. But... All he could do is... Well, they like, literally hat in a box to the Flash and be like, just run, mate. Just, yeah, just keep go. going. We'll deal with Steppenwolf but in the meantime. But Superman faster. They have that wee post credit scene where it's like, well, who's fast? Wank off the fans. Oh, and they stupid fucking chin. <laughs> God, I hate... I mean, some of Justice League is worse than Aquaman. That's impressive. Aquaman's a better movie than Justice League. <laughs> I don't know how... See, this is why I think it's doing well, though, right? Here's my theory. The we're now, we're now well. so used to awful, awful films from DC. Yeah. That the moment DC gives us any nugget of, of, of gold in a generally awful film, we're like, oh, sweet, look! They did it. It's good now. It's like, well, I mean, because well, well, it's not, is it? Because the solo films always seem to box office wise do well, and then the team up ones, being Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad, and uh, Justice, Justice League. League, don't do as well. I've seen that though. Ju Suicide Squad still made a fuck ton of money, but Justice League barely made its money back. Yeah. And that film just kind of like crawled out of the box office, out of the cinemas, onto the street, and got <laughs> ran over by a bus. And that's what happened to Justice League. Whereas Aquaman. It's just this godlike powerhouse of money-making awfulness, <laughs> and I hate it. There's a point in that film. I went in for context. I hated Justice League, and I said to myself, "If Justice League is bad, I am done watching DC films." And here you are. And then watching DC films. I learned. I was on the old Reddit one day, and I was introduced to Jason Momoa's YouTube channel, where he does vlogs of him traveling around to different premieres just like having a blast mm -hmm. and i was like this guy is so enthusiastic about this film he's such a joy to watch in these vlogs and he's so so full of life i was like i'm just fuck. i'm gonna give aquaman a chance so i like to fill one day hey we'll go see aquaman tonight I was like why not let's do it so we're going to aquaman i'm like okay gonna give this film a chance the trailers looked interesting not great but nah. whatever nah. i like james Wan. he's a He's a really competent, talented director. I'll give it a chance. And then the and then the film starts. And then I was kinda like, Oh God, this this is not this doesn't look good. So it's like, oh, oh that action scene, that was quite good. And then it keeps going and gets worse. The 
the the acting's really bad and Willem Dafoe <laughs> just looks like an old lost confused man and Patrick Wilson's just shouts things and the plot is nonsensical <laughs> and there's a thing with a submarine and then it happened then the moment happened where I was like I'm done with this film I don't want to watch this film anymore <laughs> and it's after Aquaman and uh, Patrick Wilson's character they have a big fight or no in fact maybe it's, they're, they're in the lead up to a fight they're being raised up into this the hell pit where they're going to have a fight and then it cuts to an octopus playing the drums <laughs> and I was just like Fuck <laughs> this movie. Do you wait? Do you think they put that in because Marvel had Ant Man and the Wasp? That scene with the ants playing the drum kit. Probably. Do you think DC were like, oh, and everyone know, likes Marvel? Do you know what's so amazing? We'll just steal their joke. Is, despite the fact that Ant Man and the Wasp is the worst of the Marvel movies, Marvel has earned being able to do something like that now. <laughs> they've they've gone. They've done it. They've gone to the like the weird shit with Thor and the weird shit with Guardians, but they've got to the point where you can. You can earn the moment of an ant playing the drums. In Aquaman, <laughs> what we've had is Man of Steel, dark, brooding, violent, next, neck snapping. Batman v Superman, dark, brooding, <laughs> fighting between two angry men. Wonder Woman, World War One, everything's depressing and bad. Suicide Squad, we saw some kind of Suicide Squad. And then, <laughs> what, and then Justice League, which is Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon, two tonally opposite directors in every single way, being slammed together. This is a universe that has no consistency. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. And then you cut to a fucking octopus playing the drums. And I'm like, fuck your universe of films. Make up your mind. Just do something yeah. right for once. And then later on, after the fight, they walk out of the sea in slow motion and a Pitbull song starts playing. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why is Pitbull playing? You know what song it is? Pitbull Pitbull <laughs> Thank you audio boy Pitbull doing a cover of Africa <laughs> That's amazing Alright Right I need you to Let's Pin that one My two worst films of the year <laughs> You look like you're about to burst a vein in your head <laughs> My two worst films of the year First one was Wrinkle in Time oh, I didn't see that but I heard it. I heard it's bad. Shit. I heard that. Subject. And it's like it had a had a strong female lead that people were like, no, a strong female director. director yeah. that everyone was like, sweet. She'd Here done we go. Mudbound before that, I believe, which was Oscar nominated. Yeah, like really good. And then, so we went to see it, and I think I think we went to see it in the middle of of a three film day. So we had two films we wanted to see, and then we had this four hour gap, and we were like, ah, oh, there's like two films to watch, and this one not fast. Eva DuVernay is the director. Who's it? Eva DuVernay. Eva DuVernay. So we were like, you know, we got a bit of time. Let's go watch A Wrinkle in Time. Because it looks, at the very least, it might be, like, visually very nice. Yeah. And in credit, visually, at points, it looks nice. But pff, that was a boring, nonsensical, like, mind-bogglingly shit <laughs> shit. It, like, nothing about it. Nothing about it is, is redeeming. It's like, the, the, the characters are just annoying like so and there's this weird love story between the main girl and the main boy but they're like nine and it's trying to make you like care about them and then like making fuck eyes at each other and you're like oh, oh what am I, do I why am i watching this reese witherspoon turns into a fucking flying piece of lettuce at one point yeah isn't like it because like the, 
for our first couple of seasons, like Oprah Winfrey's just like sixty foot tall. Yeah, she's just, just like massive. And they're like, over everyone. oh, Oprah, and one of their names, what, why, and when, or some fucking super shit like that. And they're like, yo, Oprah, you're you've got the size wrong. And she's all like, oh, I'm Oprah, I'm massive. <laughs> Mindy Kaling can only speak in in quotes, yeah, which would be interesting if they used interesting quotes. <laughs> but they quote things like Kobe Bryant, <laughs> like what, and, and other fucking like. And obviously they've done that because if they were like, oh, she can only do quotes, and she's quoting Dickens, yeah, kids would be like. What the fuck? So she, I understand it, but it's still just bizarre. Quoting everyone's favorite Snapchat superstar, oh, whoever that might be. Odd man, yeah. Film was a, a riot. Didn't enjoy. And I'm with you. Don't go watch. I'm not going to go into quite as much for Iran, but it's just crap. My second worst film, and I think this might, might just trump it. In fact, this might. I forgot about it. I literally removed it from my memory. But the worst film I think I have seen. Oh no, wait. Was this this year? It might be 2019. Mortal Engines. That was last year, yeah. Does that count as last year? Yeah. The worst film I've potentially seen in my entire life. Wow. So, no, yeah. So I also haven't seen Mortal Engines either. Me, me and my partner go see films a lot, right? And I, I've, and my other friend, and the three of us, I've become the one. And between me and you, I'm easygoing when it comes to films. You're a bastard. <laughs> I'm but not, between, I'm not. <laughs> between the two of us, like I'm the easygoing one. Between the three of us, my partner and my friend that we go see films with, they're always like, come on then, Gary, what's the criticism of that film? And I'm like, well, yeah, I get that a lot. Here's the one thing I didn't enjoy. It's like, oh, God, Gary, the critic. Yeah. So thank you very much. If you're listening to this, both of you, you dicks. Um, I think you're nice, even though I've never met you. <laughs> but Mortal Engines, there was a point where my partner was sitting next to me when... Oh my she just fucking turned god! To you and blood was coming out of her eyes. She's no, like, "Why have we done this?" Literally, there was a point where she went, "Oh for fuck's sake!" And I turned to her, and like in the cinema, I was like, "Are you not enjoying it?" And she was like, "No." And I was like, "That's it. That's the le- if you're not enjoying a movie, it is in the like." And because I, I was sitting there, like, oh, I can't moan about this because they're gonna slag me off for hating another film. Like, is it that bad, or am I just like? And nobody, fucking awful. It plays out like a like a teenage romance like twilight yeah it does um, seem like a kind of teen drama teen drama kind of yeah story. like the, the 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 cool bit which is the the giant countries driving mad cities. max style yeah city sorry mad max style cities yeah is gobbling up five minutes of the film and then the rest of it is this shit political kind of like trying to make a fucking point i don't know it's just crap it's everything about it's crap i'm trying to remember it now so i can moan about it but i have honestly i remember more about wrinkling time mortal engines has gone from my brain it's and like mortal my brain is expunged more recently than a wrinkling time. Yeah, exactly my brain has literally expunged every piece of it other than the fact that it was crap and crap can there i you tell go. you some good news regarding mortal engines it good news bombed, for you, right is that Mortal Engines, I think, is currently classed as the biggest box office bomb of 2018. Whoop, whoop. I'll take it. I'll have that. No one went to see that film, and they were just, and which is amazing because they were just like they kept putting Peter Jackson's name all over that yeah. thing. Like, and he was he was the director even, of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. But he wasn't even he was he a director? He produced, he produced it, it, but he was, was he wasn't even the main producer. I think he yeah. he was co-producer. It was directed by Christian Rivers. There you go. And I think. Um, uh, Oh shit, more of it's coming back to Weta me. had some involvement probably. And obviously um, its main actor, Hugo Weaving, is best friend with Peter Jackson. So he's yeah. like, hey, 
That probably will. come on, well, weaving. That's got Hugo Weaving in the role, probably. Yeah, and he was like, I mean, weaving, weaving, probably the best performance in the whole thing. But character is just bizarre. Didn't I had no idea what was going on with him. And then the only interesting character in it. So in the whole film of cities swallowing cities, and you've got to find resources, and then there's a political espionage. Blah 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 blah. Hugo Weaving. Can you believe he's the villain of the film? Oh. Um, and then in all of this, there's uh, the main character, who's that girl with the red scarf. Yeah. She takes it down. She's got a big scar on her face. Oh, my God. It's like uh, Ready Player One, where it's like, she's so hideous. Yeah, and then yeah, they take yeah. off. Like, she's got a tiny birthmark you barely yeah. even see. It's, it's, like... it's played off like that. Like, she's hideous because she's got a, a scar going across her face. And it's more like a Tyrion Lannister scar. It's not even that yeah. bad. It's like, the, she's still stupidly beautiful. <laughs> the, most, the most interesting about the film is that, and it's, again, still weird, her dad, no, her dad's dead, but then she finds this robot guy who was once a man, but he's been slowly been turned into a cogwork man who's more robot than human, who has the brain of a man, but he's so hell-bent on, on doing something. And there's this kind of like father-daughter story with that thing, and then that just fucking disappears. It just disappears halfway through the film. It just gets like snipped in the bud, and then the rest of the film continues, and it's like, and here's the stuff you should be caring about. And it's like, no! That's the one piece of this film that was mildly interesting. Somewhat redeeming. Yeah, and you've just snatched it away from it. Like, ah! There you go. Right, pinning that before I burst my blood vessels. There you go. Wrinkling time. So there we go. Quick recap. Four worst films. Never watch these. Anyone who listens to this. And if this gets picked up in the ethos by any aliens, right? Never watch these films. Wrinkling time. Mortal Engines. Aquaman. And... and the Predator. The Predator. There you go. I just... I want to say one final thing about Aquaman. Because I did this in my review on ramblingsofscotsman.com. Give it a wee check out, give it a wee like, give it a wee comment, give it a wee bit of love. Is. For how bad that film is, and it is bad, I want to give my love and appreciation and respect to every single artist who worked in that film. From the visual effects artists, the costume designers, set designers, the cinematographer, all those people. Because they, they did incredible work to make that film so much more good to look at even yeah. like some of the sound design's great as well the music choices are, as we've discussed are fucking awful the man <laughs> who was in charge of the music for that film he doesn't get my love appreciation and respect because he chose a fucking pitbull song but everyone else Africa by pitbull. like that film is a visual gorging treat to look at it's enjoyable to listen to and the practicality of the suits and outfits that they wear and the like, they make the actual Aquaman suit from the comic books and the animated yeah. series, they make it look good on the big screen. <laughs> like, he comes out in that suit and I went, holy fuck, that looks looks cool. good. And I'm like, massive respect to all those artists working that film. It's just, sadly, the script that was the actual film. The kind of main point. Fucked everything else up. <laughs> All right. Fucked it up. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to be a wee bit of positivity in that negative zone. That's done. We're out of the negative zone. Right. We're going to go into... Because we are now obviously in 2019. That's what we're looking forward to in 2019. And I think, um, what are we looking at time-wise? Audio yeah, there. Oh, cool. Well, so we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll not go crazy this. here. What are the films that you are excited for in 2019? Bring up my wee, my wee word document. little list. So I, I'm kind of easy. Well, I just, I've, got, I've kind of got a few, actually. Um, and off the top of my head... Ones that I'm looking forward to. The big one is probably going to be Avengers the Endgame. Obvi- yeah, that's the one I was going to say first. Was Avengers Endgame. It's got to be, right? Like, Age of Ultron. Literally, it, the Age end... This is this is book-stopping history. Like, like a movie event that has never been... 
and probably never will be again. Of movies and what, like thirty odd films now? No, I think we're twenty one, twenty two. Is that it? Yeah, it yeah. feels like a lot more. But yeah, like so, it's it's history in the making. Yeah, and I'm I'm buzzed for it. It's so buzzed. I've not watched trailers. I've been avoiding everything for I it. I have because watched one trailer. But I, I know. I'm done watching. Films. I did it. I did it for Infinity War, and it wasn't didn't spoil nothing. Yeah. But I don't want to do. I want to go into Endgame as as blank slate as possible. You know what's the interesting thing about Endgame is I think I could watch every single trailer, which I'm not going to, and I would still go into that film because I think Kevin Feige said in an interview recently that everything you've seen in the trailer so far is the first 20 minutes of Endgame, and I'm like, keep doing that. Yeah. Show us as little to nothing as possible. Yeah. And yeah, I just yeah. want to walk into that film because have I told you that? Have I spoke to you about this? I love the fact that films are now putting scenes into their trailers that don't exist yeah. in the film. Have we mentioned that on the on? Don't think we mentioned the podcast, but we have it's talked great. about it. I love it. Yeah, it, it, because it gives you a taste of what you're expecting, but doesn't ruin anything. Because if yeah. that scene doesn't exist, or if it's not in the film, it's not in the film. Like it's not, you know, it's just like an extra. There you go. Bosh. I think Marvel were the people who kind of spearheaded that idea because mm. they did it. I think Rogue One was in it. Did it like did it a lot? I mean, I think Rogue One was more just because that film got dis- decimated, right. decimated in the editing room. Like, <laughs> they had to like Gareth Edwards was like quietly asked to step away, and they brought in someone else, and they brought in a new editor and two new writers, and like yeah. that film just got chopped up in the the editing room. But with I think Age of Ultron is where they started doing it, where like there were scenes where they just digitally removed like uh, Scarlet Witch or the Hulk from yeah, certain yeah, scenes. Yeah. And then at the end process, they were there or there was scenes in the trailer that just didn't happen in the film and all that kind of stuff. And then they've gone on to do it subsequently. And yeah. Age of Ultron, not Age of Ultron, um, Infinity War was the perfect example of like, there's that scene where you see like Captain America, Black Panther, Hulk, Ar- uh, War Machine. They're all like charging towards something. And it's like, None of that's in the film. Didn't Hulk exist. is like in the beginning, and that's it. Black Panthers are away doing the other things. Do War machines, yep. doing Don Cheadle things. It's like, so yeah, I love that to do that. And with Endgame, yeah, I am for the first time in I can't remember how long I am excited for a Marvel movie. Absolutely. And Funny War ended, and Steve Rogers is like, oh my god, and then it cuts, and I sat in that cinema, and it is like, it was like Marvel had come in and. Just, just pulled the air out of everyone's. I thought body. the film wasn't finished. I was like, nah, like something's gonna happen. Like that's a. It's gonna be like a. It's like a false something. ending. Yeah. It's just like no. I, can't, I just can't. I just vividly remember sitting in that cinema and just the silence from the audience. Was and there it was an a after credit scene after that as well? Yeah, there was with uh, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, and so yeah, sent off for Captain Marvel. Of course yeah. it was. So yeah, so that's yeah, that's 2019. That's the big one, I That's think. The That's what one. everyone's waiting for. But here's the interesting other one is if you were to do a list of most anticipated films 2019, films you're excited for, would you put Star Wars Episode Nine in that list? Uh, yeah. Well, you kind of know my thoughts. And stuff. I, like, I'm looking forward to it, but I, I'd completely spaced that it was coming out this year. Yeah. I think, so it's funny same, I think it's the same for a lot of people where people were like, oh yeah, I guess Episode Nine comes out yeah. this year. I, but I think that's because Endgame is a black hole. Endgame is a black hole of media coverage. Yeah. Once Endgame's out of the way and we can all be like, shit, that's what happened, other things are then going to be like, remember, we've got... Hey, guys, remember Star Wars <laughs> remember coming guy, out? Hey, Ray, remember Ray, everyone? Ray? So yeah, I like I kind of... But that's why. It's because everything, everything is focused, laser-focused on what's going to happen in this next. Yeah. Which, oh. you know what? We should, we should do that next episode. We should talk about what our expectations are for Endgame are. I can do that. Like, have a, maybe not the full thing, but like a good in-depth analysis of everything that's come up to this point and then everything we think. Get a, get a good Marvel on. 
And and a good moan, because, like, and touching on this very quickly, and we won't go into it if we're saving this for the next episode, like, the fact that they released so many films post-Endgame. Yeah. And it's like, well, now now we've got an inkling of things that happened. So it's kind of like... we also have Spider-Man Far From Home coming out this year. Well, exactly. So it's like, yeah, so let's say, but it's a little annoying things like that. So let's have a little Marvel-themed episode coming up, pre-Endgame. Sweet. Um, Other big ones for me... Just just to, you know, keep on the Marvel train for one more second... (laughs) A terrible, terrible film from 2018 was uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. That's you the, have mentioned that. That's the most pointless Marvel film I've ever seen. It literally <laughs> accomplishes nothing. Uh, that's all I want to say. And back. Well, to it. it puts Ant Man in the. Uh, I don't give a realm. fuck where it puts Ant Man. <laughs> I'm sick of that boring, pointless character. Wasp is a much more interesting, competent character. Which is Paul Rudd. What's um? I can't remember what it is. But there's a film. There's a quote. Is like I like Paul Rudd. No, I, I can appreciate some people like Paul Rudd. I don't see the appeal, but he's out there. I mean, I like Paul Rudd. Yeah, I'm kind of like. But yeah. in the MCU, when they like the trailer, oh, you've not seen the Endgame. There's a thing with you that man in it, and I was just kind of like, to do it. Yeah. So other films that are coming out this year that I think are going to be, they're going to make a splash for good or bad. Not Aquaman. Not Aquaman. Um, Lion King. Yep. We've um, got and um, Disney. This is this looks like looking at my list of 2019 films. This looks like the year like Disney is just pulling it all out they're like here we go here's everything because yeah, it starts with captain marvel captain marvel then endgame the lion king in there dumbo dumbo aladdin aladdin star toy wars story episode 4. 9 toy story for us eight films but and some of them are juggernauts spider-man spider-man that's nine the new mutants although is that disney actually that's still fox i think that's still point. fox all right so i'll take that one back um what else is there? there's another one i saw and i was like oh nine. yeah Nine at the very least. Yeah. And Nine at the very least. And at least three or four of them, are, like Toy Story 4, Avengers, Star Wars, and I'd say Lion King are juggernaut films. Yeah. Those are like, those are billion dollar pull-ins right there. And then we've got these, we've got these weird outfielders that kind of come out of nowhere. So we've got the Detective Pikachu movie. I'm interested by that. The trailer was like, oh, I'll give it a go. Yeah. I think everyone's like that though. I think everyone's like weirdly excited to see a live action Pokemon, like Pokemon film. but like not just like like a live action, like a live action Pokemon film done by the people, like by Game Freak and Nintendo, and everyone's on board with it. Yeah. Not just like some weird. And then Ryan Reynolds oh, we've, is voicing we've, Pikachu. Yeah, like we fobbed this off to some weird third party company. Yeah, whatever. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we're like the Sonic movie, where it feels like <laughs> fucking a B movie studio is making that film, and the marketing team that's doing it has never marketed anything in their lives. I disagree. I think the marketing team that's doing it have done a Why brilliant job. Giving us an from the perspective of Sonic's junk. It's great with his jacked thighs and his blacked out face. Do you know why he's got a like, shadowed out face? Because he's going to be in the sequel to Black Klansman. <laughs> Have I told you this yet? Because Sonic has famously one gigantic yeah. eye, but they don't know what to do with that, as far as I've read. So they are like, for the time being, they either don't want to like blow our minds too soon, or they just don't know what the fuck they're they, doing. They so they've like, in the post, they've shadowed his face because it's easier. Oh, <gasps> Shadow. Shadowed his face. Oh my God. He's Shadow. Am I imagining this, by the way? Is this an actual thing where... It's so like a cartoon or a game or something where it turns out that Sonic is wearing glasses and he takes them off and he has two separate eyes. It's like a thing? comic. It's like the, his, that white bit is just goggles. Yeah, and he takes <laughs> them off and he's, and got, he's just got tiny little like <laughs> creepy blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they were good. Um, Godzilla. Yeah. I, Looking forward to that. Interestingly, uh, those films, trailers are better than the... like. 
the first Godzilla, that the trailer for that is so good. It's yeah, that, it's like yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. creepy and atmospheric. And Gareth Edwards was directing it, and his previous film Monsters was an indie film that I just absolutely loved. I was fully in. Then I watched the film, and I'm like, eh, it was alright, but I didn't give two fucks about Aaron Taylor Johnson and his doctor wife. Yeah, and Brian Cranston is in the film for seven minutes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like the human element of Godzilla was the weakest part. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like your film's called Godzilla. Stop giving us the human yeah, element. The we Godzilla want... part at the end. Yeah. So fucking immense. So good. And then But then it, it's a it's a weird question of how much how much monster smashing could you seriously stomach? I think Kong Skull Island's a perfect example of like it's a it's great characters and then it's also a lot of Kong fun as well. Because Kong Skull Island was a surprisingly just good film of like because you had Samuel Jackson and John Goodman see and I, like, I like I like Sky Island it, but I know a lot of people that think that film is awful I think I think it's good I liked it the director of that his next film is he's going to do fun. a live action Metal Gear Solid isn't Godzilla film? 3 King Kong versus Godzilla yeah which they're working on which is like I mean I don't want to get into this one too much King Kong's tiny but compared to Godzilla gonna, <laughs> that's why that one's set in the 80s because they're going to have him get bigger oh they mention that don't they yeah. he's still growing because yep. he's like a youngling but there you go. that trailer for... do you know in the original King Kong versus Godzilla how King Kong wins the fight I also spoilers for the Godzilla 3 if King Kong wins the fight <laughs> but in the original uh, 1960 1950 yeah. King Kong versus Godzilla um, King Kong gets powered up by a thundercloud which not only causes him to grow also gives him lightning powers which for some bizarre reason is Godzilla's weakness and neither one technically beats the other one but King Kong manages to knock Godzilla out into the ocean. He, like, th- swings him by the tail and sends him out into the ocean. Godzilla's like, ah, fuck this. I'm, I'm done with this shit and just stomps off into the ocean. That was it. That's how the film ended. The trailer for uh, Godzilla 2, the, like, the first one they released at Comic-Con or something, where it uses uh, Claire, is it Claire de Lune, the song that it was using, it's just magical. Yeah. I was like, wow, wow. I was like, second trailer wasn't so great. But that first trailer just made me like, I don't care if everyone says it's the worst film and you'd never see it. I need. I just, trailer's good. Plus, I'm a Godzilla boy. I grew up loving, love, loving Godzilla. I had toys. Fuck the Jer- uh, Joel Schumacher Godzilla film. That's not a real film. But all those Japanese films were just magical yeah. insights into a culture I didn't understand and I still don't understand, but I love. And we've also then got, and then going forward into 2019, there's a bunch of other films. And it's, again, Year of the Disney, also Year of the Sequel. So there's, and I'm just going to very quickly run through these because I'm aware time is running short. So on top of that, we've got John Wick 3. We've got two X-Men movies, The New Mutants, Dark Phoenix. We've got How to Train Your Dragon 3. We've got another Men in Black film, Frozen 2. Uh, the new Joker movie, Whack and oh, Phoenix. Yeah. Which it's is, another DC film that I'll probably not watch. But that one, I'm yeah. At least they're trying to do something. I different. mean, Shazam looks just unbearably bad. Shazam here is on the list I'm looking at, but I just skipped it. I was like, I'm not even going to bring that Couldn't, one up. No. <laughs> like, no. Um, Pet Cemetery getting a. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know how I feel about that. Another ter- an untitled Terminator project, apparently. Yeah, it's being directed by the guy who did the first Deadpool movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, so like it's interesting. And then Angry I mean, Birds movie two, loads of sequels. Happy Death Day two. I mean, Audio Boy's excited about Happy Death Day. Too. Did you see the first one? No. It's surprisingly enjoyable. Is it like really I, I, good? I heard it's Groundhog Day with murder. It's it's Scream meets Groundhog Day, but it I does it it does that. it so well. It's honestly well worth a watch. Thoroughly enjoyed I'll that one. I'll check it out. Um, but I think we should call that there. Wait, I think we wait. Don't wait, you wait, cut me more? off? Come uh, on, sorry. Indie snob boy over here has some movies, and we have some indie 2019s. We have eighth grade, which 
Bo Burnham's directed film, which America seemed to have got seven years ago, and we're still... <laughs> Audio Boy was telling me yesterday, April, we're getting that film. Fucking give me that movie already, people. Mm. Come on. I talked about that in the... Green Book as well coming out next year. Well, this year. This, sorry. <laughs> this year. But then that's got some weird controversy going on with the writer and yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And like, Just a good film. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I love Viggo Mortensen. Love my hair, Charlie. I'll get all over them. I'll cover myself in them. We have uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, which is the next film from the director who did Moonlight. Oh, uh, cool. I adored Moonlight and everything it did. And the trailer for If Beale Street Could Talk might be the most enchanting thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm. So I'm all about that film. Great cast as well. And then there is Under the Silver Lake, which is the next film from the guy who did It Follows. I loved It Falls. It was a great horror film. I don't care if Quentin Tarantino says the film's a failure. <laughs> Fuck him. He's coming up in a second, though. <laughs> and it's got Andrew Garfield. We all like Andrew Garfield, except in the Amazing Spider-Man sequels, which are worse than the Sam Raimi ones. I'm looking forward to it on the Silver Lake. Then there is Brightburn, which is written by James Gunn. Not, I don't know if it's well, I've heard of Brightburn, actually. But it's like, imagine if Superman came to oh, crash yeah, land, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. was like a horrific horror like serial killer monster yeah no, i have like, seen this probably well, looked good actually i saw one trailer yeah. for that and i was like damn well, that looks I'll interesting for that and then there is tarantino's once upon a time in hollywood which has an all-star cast and kind of dances around the manson murders i'm personally not a tarantino fan don't know about you but it's a film that people are very excited for i like old tarantino but like what's he i just feel like he's kind of been farting out films for too long now. i mean what he Originally, when he was like, I'm only going to do 10 films stop, I was like, oh, no. And now I'm just like, please, tell me what at 10 already. <laughs> tell me what at 10. So, yeah. Right. There we go. I think yeah, that's... 2019. It's, it's interesting. Big exciting year, as always. Absolutely. And thankfully, in 2019, there's no Aquaman, because that was last year. So, uh, final final thing, little feature. Do this. This is going to be something we're going to try and do every episode now. Um, fun movie fact. Oh, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. I got a fun movie fact for us. So... Um, the movie fact I found is that in Hook, when the dog is barking to warn Toodles that Captain Hook is coming at the beginning of the movie, the last three barks are clearly someone shouting Hook in a gravelly voice. Yes. And I have watched Hook plenty, because I loved it when I was a kid, and I had no fucking clue. And I watched it, and you can find, if you Google that, yeah, go if you YouTube. Google, go on YouTube, you'll be able to find it pretty easily. Um... If you, in fact, the video I found is called Hook Napped. And if you listen to it, it's within the first 20 seconds. Dogs barking. Last three are just someone going, Hook, Hook, Hook. The last one is so obvious. It's I don't just know how. Someone saying Hook to Yeah, it's one. like, I don't know how I missed it. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's my movie detail for this week. And I can. I can You're going to bounce off? Big piggyback off of your Hook fact and give you another Hook fact. Go on, which is that Hook is Steven Spielberg's least favorite film he's ever directed. <laughs> so there you go. Directed though, not ever seen. I mean, I don't know if he's seen it that much anymore. He was like, there was an interview where it's like Hook came up and he was just like, "Oh, I wish I could try this film again because it's just I don't like what I did." And I'm like, "Oh, I like that. just like you as a kid. I loved it. Yeah, it's fine." Rufio, Third Hook fact Rufio, just Rufio, popped into my head Rufio. there. Glenn Close is in Hook. She is the pirate that gets put into the boombox in full male like face prosthetics and everything, but she's a. She That's was Glenn Close. The, the Tilda Swinton of the time. She doesn't have any lines. Just gets put into a box and then they, they forget about her. Never mentioned again. There you go. Right. There we are. Let's wrap. Let's 
<laughs> Let's get some raps. Thank you very much for listening, as always, guys. Um, we are, I believe, kitted out now on social media. I think so at this point, yeah. Do you want to do these ones? Uh, so on Twitter, we have we are at Meandering Pod, uh, and then we have uh, my personal Twitter is at Gavin's Ramblings, and Gary, your personal Twitter is at Higher Longshot. And then for Audio Boy, we have PJ Ironside. Okay. There we go. Dropped you in there. And then Instagram, we're both we have the the Mandarin Movie Podcast Instagram. Uh, I'm on uh, there as Gavin's Ramblings. Just keeping it simple. I'm on it at I wish I was pixelated. And then we have for Philip. I can't remember your Instagram right now. It. Philip Ironside, there we go, nice and easy. And then for fa- we also have our Facebook. Facebook is Meandering Movie Podcast. Um, if you just type that into the Facebook search bar, it should pop up. You can give us a like there. We'll be updating everything on as many platforms as we can yes, going we'll forwards. And, yeah, keep on top of those. And then we also have our email, uh, Meandering Movie Podcast. Uh, me- yeah, Meandering Movie Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us a wee email there. Again, as always, any anything you want us to talk about, anything you think might be an interesting topic for Gavin and I to chat. If you've ever lost your biscuits, please let us and know. And if you've lost your biscuits, let us know. What kind of biscuits email. were they? Hop <laughs> Anyway, guys, that is our slightly longer 2018 recap episode. Um, if this goes for a year, we'll probably do another one for 2019. <laughs> oh, if definitely. not, um, yeah, hopefully you're looking forward to the next week's podcast. Marvel 1 will be coming up soon. I think next week we're going to try and watch a film together and we're going to discuss it and dissect thereafter. I'm all about that. So I think that'll be next week's and then the one after maybe Marvel. Some point. Anyway. Whatever happens, please just download it and listen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening so Thank far. You. Um, we're looking forward to carrying this on for the year. And we will see you going forwards every Thursday, 8 o'clock. Hit the subscribe button and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.